Heads up, this episode contains discussion about the death of children and their remains, and so is intended for mature audiences only. Please take care while listening. This is the investigative podcast series Murder at Ryan's Run, and I'm your host, Beth McNamara. In the last episode, I shared the factual evidence of the existence of a child born into MOVE in 1974, a girl named Shaida Holloway, the second daughter of MOVE members Janet Holloway and Delbert Orr. Shaida was last known to be in Richmond, Virginia with two MOVE members, Sharon Sims and Valerie Brown, two adults in charge of more than a dozen children, all considered just MOVE children, MOVE being the possessive pronoun. After 1978, Shaida is never spoken about and never reported missing. MOVE leaders, Shaida's own mother Janet, and extended biological family on both sides have been made fully aware of our investigation in the search for Shaida and have either refused to participate or just completely ignored any questions and the podcast episode. You would think that if the podcast had this wrong in any way, and I wish we did, meaning that Shaida is alive and well somewhere, that they would publicly refute and or try to discredit our reporting. Nope, just radio silence from everyone, which sure makes me feel that there is even more to the story of Shaida Holloway. And so I myself have reported Shaida Holloway as a missing person to both the FBI and the Richmond Police Department and shared all our investigative materials. MOVE members aren't silent because they're in seclusion avoiding the spotlight. Quite the opposite, which is par for the course for the MOVE cult. Shaida's mother, Janet Holloway, appeared at the opening of a local cheesesteak restaurant this past Saturday, posing for pictures wearing MOVE merchandise t-shirts, the one with the helicopter, and raising her fist in the the on-the-move cult salute. The owner of the cheesesteak place has allegedly paid Janet and other MOVE members for their life rights to be used as the inspiration for a movie, podcast, etc. that he's going to produce. This cheesesteak wannabe Hollywood producer is their PR machine. He has paid for and put on the 2021 MOVE event, commemorating the tragic loss of life on May 13th, 1985. This guy even bought matching gray New Balance sneakers for Consuela, Ramona, Rhea, Carlos, Janine, Eddie, and Shaida's mother, Janet. They were customized as the Ramona Africa Firewalker shoe. The cheesesteak producer even made a video. This is from Instagram. This is unedited, and any music or clips that are used in it were done by them. 36 years ago today, a bomb was dropped in the city of Philadelphia on a residential home. One of the saddest days in Philadelphia history is right back in the spotlight. 11 people perished in that bombing. Five children and six adults. They were all part of the Moog family. They done burn up two blocks. Explain that. TTW Productions has teamed up with the Moog family to bring you exciting podcasts, TV series, feature film. In remembrance of this day, collaborated with Garrison and New Balance to bring you a sneaker, the New Balance Firewalker. In honor of Ramona, in honor of Ramona Africa, the only living survivor of the bombing. And also the people, the children that perished in that fire. Productions is bringing you everything, podcast, TV series, film, an exclusive sneaker today, which is not for sale. Just a reminder, it's not for sale. And I'm honored to be a partner at TTW, thanks to Ted, the writer. Appreciate it, man. You know, I'm, part, I'm glad to be a partner with you as well. Oh, um, you know, for the most part, this day is a very, very horrific day. Um, it's not only 
Philadelphia history. This is American history. A bomb was dropped on, on a road in this city 36 years ago, uh, killing 11 people, six adults, five children. We had one survivor who goes by the name of Ramona Africa, who also goes by the nickname Firewalker that was given to her by her family. Um, again, you know, we teamed up with Garrison and New Balance to create the Ramona Africa Firewalker sneaker. And it's sponsored by TTW Productions on the Move Ventures in the Move family. Today is a very, very special day. So just get ready for non-stop truth. Get ready for the podcast. Get ready for the TV series. You heard every story. You saw every story. But you never saw the untold truth about Move. In this video, you can clearly see that the names of the five children are printed on the removable insole of the New Balance sneaker, along with the six adults' names who also died in the fire. I'm going to put a link to the video in the show notes and also make it available on the website. I've reached out to Hollywood wannabe producer and cheesesteak joint owner, aka Tez the Writer, via email, Instagram, and in comments on his social media accounts. He has yet to reply and recently blocked me. I was simply hoping he might comment on the living move children and their long list of allegations of abuse that are now public for the last two years. And if he thinks he should maybe have a closer look of the children who did die in move that are memorialized on the inside of those New Balance sneakers. Mike Africa Jr. has been very busy on social media, panhandling for money, so that he himself does not have to pay the $360,000 mortgage on a second property he just bought in January 2023. Must be nice, right? I mean, a GoFundMe for your mortgage? Well, this isn't just any second property. Michael Davis, legal name of Mike Africa Jr., quietly purchased the completely rebuilt and recently renovated row home on Osage Avenue, house number 6, 221 Osage Avenue. That sounds nice. The owner. Mike Africa Jr., the owner. Yes, of 6221 Osage Avenue. All right. Michael Davis did a lot of press around this real estate purchase. Two events in two days. And he made himself custom merch. High-end baseball caps with stitching that says Reclaim Osage, emphasizing his pleas for donation to his GoFundMe that, according to him, has already garnered more than $60,000 tax-free. It has been rumored that Mike and his collaborators want to turn the residentially zoned property of 6221 Osage into a MOVE museum that will charge admission and sell merchandise, like the MOVE t-shirt with the names of the dead on the back, including the names of the five children. With four and a half years of intense research under my belt about MOVE, I have a lot of information about May 13th, 1985 that I really want to share with you on this podcast. In my opinion, the tragic day of May 13th, 1985 cannot be told in just audio, most of which is copyrighted property of news outlets that were there that day. I plan on accurately putting together events of May 13th, 1985 in the near future in another medium. For now... I want to suggest a documentary with archival news footage, Let the Fire Burn by Jason Oster. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to that film. I'm also going to put a link to a YouTube of a PBS frontline piece done about the MOVE bombing, put out in 1987. 
Even if you've seen one or both of these documentary news programs about the move bombing in 1985, a second viewing after listening to this podcast will likely provide some new context for you. So I hope this update gives you a sense of what MOVE has been prioritizing lately. I decided to quickly put out this episode today because of something that MOVE has been up to in the last two weeks, having to do with human remains from May 13th, 1985, specifically those of the five children. More specifically, those of Delisha Holloway, the 13-year-old victim and sister of missing Shaida Holloway. I am here today as a private citizen speaking in my capacity as a member of the West Philadelphia and Southwest Philadelphia community. I am not speaking for any institution today. At great risk to my livelihood and safety, I am here to impart new information to the press in hopes that we can facilitate the return of ancestral remains. Here's the truth. Janet Mont is a liar. This is Abdul Ali Muhammad speaking two weeks ago at their press conference in front of the Penn Museum on August 31st, 2023. They are not affiliated with Penn Museum or the University of Pennsylvania, and they are not a MOVE member or a biological family member of any MOVE member, past, present, alive, or dead. In April 2021, I became aware that remains identified by the MOVE Commission experts as Katricia Dotson and Delisha Africa were being retained at Penn Museum. However, the Penn Museum only acknowledged possession of the bones that could be observed in the Coursera course video the right femur, the right innominate part of the pelvis, and the left pubic symphysis of Patricia. That wasn't the end of the story. The story is a very long one from the spring of 2021, before this podcast launched. Abdul went public alleging that two anthropology professors, one from Penn and one from Princeton, who were asked by the medical examiner in 1985 to help assist in the identification of the human remains recovered from 6221 Osage after the massive fire, that they had kept remains and not given them back to the MOVE family. I could do an entire podcast season on this remain story from 2021, but for now, I'm just going to summarize that Abdul's op-ed in the Philadelphia Inquirer was the equivalent of lighting a match in a dry field. It attracted press, which then gave a huge profile bump to MOVE overall, and Mike Africa Jr. specifically. The target of MOVE and all of their supporters was a highly regarded female professor of anthropology at Penn Museum by the name of Dr. Janet Monge. Janet Monge was demoted, removed from her position at Penn Museum, and received death threats, and subsequently has filed slander and defamation civil suits against Penn Museum, the Philadelphia Inquirer, the New Yorker, Billy Penn, The Guardian, and Abdul Ali Muhammad as a co-defendant. Two investigative committees were launched, one by Penn and one by Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney. Both released lengthy reports that concluded that Professor Dr. Janet Monge did not violate any Penn policies or laws. But that story was not headline worthy, and most of the people reposting the now diffused, very serious allegations were not going to read the two reports. Both Bob and myself have read both reports multiple times. And I'll get to that after you hear more of Abdul's press conference from two weeks ago. Now we have a set of three photos that show that in addition to the remains of Patricia in the Coursera video, Janet had other remains identified as Delisha Africa, all of which she displayed to the public at the Penn Museum in 2014. Janet Monge lied about not having the remains of Delisha Africa. The photos were found on an online photo sharing site from a public event hosted at the Penn Museum. 
At the event which took place in 2014, Janet Mons can be observed speaking to tour attendees within the new physical anthropology lab at the museum. There are stations within the lab showcasing different collections of remains displayed on tables. In the photos Janet has on gloves and is in front of a table with remains on it. Catricia's femur and the nominate are easily identifiable because of the video and still images from the Coursera course. Catricia on the table, as well as remains of Delicia Africa, including her occipital bone, which was mentioned repeatedly in eyewitness accounts and documentary evidence included in my April 2022 article, Decades After Philadelphia's Move Bombing, Penn Museum Still Keeps Secrets on the Remains of 12-Year-Old Girl. There are also handwritten tags that read moved on the table. The bones on the table match descriptions of bones and body G that forensic anthropologist Ellis Curley studied in a report for the Philadelphia Special Investigation Commission for the move bombing in 1985. Body G was identified by the official investigators as Delicia Africa. Janet Monge lied about how many remains were retained and whose remains were retained. In statements made during three different investigations by Ballard Spar LLP, Montgomery McCracken Walker and Rose LLP, Deshert LLP, and the Tucker Law Group, she claimed that she only retained the remains of one child. According to the investigators for the official report by the City of Philadelphia, Dr. Monge has consistently stated that the box of remains that she and Dr. Mann received from the medical examiner's office did not contain any remains associated with Body G or any victims other than B1. Body B1 was identified by the official investigators as Katricia Dawson. In addition to the three investigatory reports, the argument presented by Janet Monge uh, versus University of Pennsylvania and others is that Monge never had the remains of two children. This contention is one of the main points of her complaints in court. Abdul Ali Muhammad is not an anthropologist, a medical doctor, a forensics expert, and so of course has never actually examined the remains that they are now claiming were not turned over in 2021. Abdul is going from photographs and video they found online. Mike Africa Jr., Michael Davis, is standing behind Abdul wearing his Reclaim Osage baseball hat and looking at his phone. He never speaks to the small crowd, Order Ramona Johnson Africa, who is 10 feet away from him, and there to speak. Janet Holloway is not at this press event. I'm going to tell you why I'm interested in Abdul's press conference and why I put out this podcast today. In July 1985, the Philadelphia medical examiner in charge of the move investigation told reporters, quote, that the bones of a girl about six or seven years old were found in the move compound. But when Birdie told police who was in the building when he fled, he named four children plus himself, and none of those named was a young girl. This bullet point mentioned in the Philadelphia Inquirer in July is very significant for two reasons. Birdie only mentions four other children had been inside the 6221 Osage garage on May 13th, making a total of five children, not six like has always been believed and repeated over and over and over again, with five of them dying and Birdie escaping. Birdie's first interview with police at the hospital on the morning of May 14th, when they were the first people to speak to him, when he is directly asked who was in the house. This is what he says. It was my mother, that is Rhonda, Teresa, Mona, Frank, AKA Nick, 
Conrad, Raymond, Phil, Melissa, Tommaso, that's Sue's son, she is in jail, Tree and myself. Melissa is supposedly Delisha Holloway. There is no mention of Zanetta Dotson. There is no mention of Vincent Leapart, AKA John Africa, AKA the coordinator, AKA Ball, which is what the children called him. And the medical examiner mentions in July that there is an unidentified six or seven year old girl. Could this be Shaida Holloway? Abdul Ali Muhammad is fully aware of the heinous child abuse allegations from Mike Africa's sister, Wit, Rain, Maria, Pixie, and Josh that came out in 2021. How do I know this? Because I called them and they called me back and we spoke. I also posted a comment mentioning Shaida Holloway when Abdul first posted his official statement about this press conference he had two weeks ago. My post was deleted and then their entire statement was deleted. So publicly, I'm asking again, where is Shaida Holloway? A move child that disappeared around the age of six years old. Any activist, educator, media person should be okay asking this question, even if it is to move, right? How about especially if it is to move, considering the allegations that came out in 2021? Michael Davis, AKA Mike Africa Jr. posted this on Facebook today. September 13th, 2023. The cover-up continues. Peace, FB fam. I know people have been waiting to hear more from me about the situation regarding the remains of our MOVE family members who were murdered in the bombing of MOVE in 1985. Please forgive me for leaving you with a cliffhanger of information. However, I'm trying to process information as I get it, which is not easy because even though I know a lot of the gory details about the murder of Osage people, it still surprises me when I hear it again. I'm constantly trying to protect my mental health as I sift through the ashes of this fire. It probably shouldn't surprise me, but it does. It also surprises me when I see the lengths in which the city, UPenn, and Princeton University and their attorneys will go to cover up and try to dismiss the egregious crimes committed against our people, children as if their lives were unimportant. City officials, the Medical Examiner's Office of Philadelphia, Rizzo, and Wilson Good police departments did unimaginable violent things to the Osage people and that more is not done by city government that approved and supported these acts are just as criminal as the acts themselves. It is impossible to make this situation right, but much more can be done to move in the direction of healing and restorative justice. I'll be talking more about this issue on WURD radio with Solomon Jones tomorrow morning at 8:20 AM. Please keep me and my family in your thoughts at this difficult time as I try to unravel this putrid mess of a situation. Love, peace, and healing, MAJ. This is why I dropped this podcast episode today ahead of Michael Davis going on WURD at 8.20 a.m. tomorrow. 5.20 a.m. my time, but I'm going to get up because I'm tuning in because I'm hoping to hear host Solomon Jones ask some questions like this. Mike. Your sister Wit, along with Rain and Maria, shared some very serious abuse allegations in MOVE by MOVE in 2021 on this radio station. Mike, where is Shaida Holloway? Mike, is there still an outstanding warrant for the 14 children abducted by MOVE members in 1980 from Richmond, Virginia, from which five of them died on May 13, 1985? This is rhetorical because the answer is yes. And here is a doozy of a mic drop exclusive question that can be asked on WURD tomorrow. 
Mike, according to public records obtained from Mayor Kenny's office this year, a receipt totaling $8,595 was paid out to Forest Walker Funeral Home on September 20th, 2022 for the following, $1,900 for funeral director and staff, $600 for other preparations of body, $600 for use of equipment, $350 for transfer of remains, $550 for hearse, $2,500 for biodegradable casket, $2,095 for cemetery crematory, $8,595 from the Philadelphia city budget, funded by taxpaying citizens of Philadelphia. You'll never guess the name of the deceased on this receipt. Vincent Leapart, AKA John Africa. Yeah, that's a mic drop because Vincent Leapart had a burial at White Marsh Memorial Park in 1985. And again, in September, 2022? What the heck is going on? And more importantly, why is press loving Michael Davis, Mike Africa Jr., the great nephew of Vincent Leapart, the owner of 6221 Osage, and the guy who wants to make Move a worldwide profitable brand, not talking about this? How did I get this receipt? I filed a public records request because I had a hunch there was more to this Move Remain story because there's always more to what Move is putting out publicly. I believe this is just the tip of the investigative iceberg, especially when it comes to the remains of children from 1985 and missing children like Shaida Holloway. So here's hoping that Philadelphia journalists start asking the right questions and stop peddling Move's narrative. Journalists, academics, activists, you know how to find me. Reach out. I always answer. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for updates. Be sure to follow the podcast and our Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok accounts for updates and bonus content. It's our goal to get the entire story of Move out there to bring attention to the survivors and the unsolved cases like the John Gilbride murder in 2002 and the disappearance of six-year-old Shaida Holloway in Move. I want to please ask you to rate, review, and share the podcast. This will help us reach more listeners who might have crucial information. I love hearing from you. Comments, info you sleuth, or questions, or you just wanting to shoot the shit and process all this move stuff. Believe me, I need to do it too. Message me on social media or email me at murder at ryansrun at gmail.com. That's all for now. Beth and Bob signing off with much gratitude. The producers wish to stress that all individuals referenced in this podcast series are presumed innocent unless or until they are proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law in the United States of America.